Earlier this week, we looked at how most of the U.S. is having a hard time getting out COVID vaccines. But one state is ahead of the game. West Virginia. To find out its secret to success, we called up Dr. Clay Marsh. I oversee the health side of West Virginia University. I'm a vice president there. But at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, I was asked to serve as the COVID czar of West Virginia. I don't think I've ever spoken to a czar before. Yeah, czars generally die very bad deaths, so I'm hoping that that's not the outcome that I will uh, also experience. Under Dr. Marsh's leadership, West Virginia has distributed almost half of all the vaccines it's received, far more than most states. What's even more impressive is that every person in a long-term care facility in the state has received their first dose of a vaccine. One thing that sets West Virginia apart is that it didn't rely on the vaccine distribution model created by the federal government. Instead, it built its own. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, January 7th. Coming up on the show, how West Virginia became an early success story in COVID vaccinations by going its own way. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. You've been leading West Virginia's fight against the COVID pandemic since March. How has the pandemic played out in your state? Well, West Virginia is a state that is very unusual in that we have a very high-risk population that's older, has a lot of comorbidities. I think Kaiser Family Foundation rated us as the most vulnerable state going into the pandemic. In addition to having an older population, West Virginia is also among the country's poorest states. And despite being largely rural, it's been one of the most effective states at getting out vaccines. So we are doing relatively well in moving our vaccines from receipt to putting vaccines in arms. And we're really proud of the fact that we finished with the first vaccines in the arms of all of our nursing home residents and, and working on all of our healthcare folks, particularly our acute healthcare personnel. When setting up plans for how to distribute and administer vaccines, most states took the lead of the federal government's program known as Operation Warp Speed. But the federal plan wasn't quite right for West Virginia. Operation Warp Speed laid out this plan to distribute vaccines to long-term care facilities through CVS and Walgreens and other pharmacy chains. But West Virginia didn't do that. Why did you pursue your own approach? 
Our state is very unusual in that Walgreens and CVS are not nearly as well distributed across all of our state. Half of our pharmacies in West Virginia are independently owned. And so what we knew is if we were going to meet our goal of vaccinating as many vulnerable West Virginians as quickly as possible, then we were going to need a lot of help to do that. So we didn't want to limit ourselves to only a few providers in a state that had so many independently owned pharmacies. So instead of relying on established corporate networks, West Virginia built its own. And we organized over 200 pharmacies in a network that could reach people not only in the population centers that we have, but in the rural communities as well. And after we talked to Operation Warp Speed Leadership, they agreed that this worked out well for West Virginia, but they also suggested to us that we not close down the federal program. We just not activate it at this point. But we did not reject that program either. We still have that as an opportunity for us as we might need it. And we've reached out to CVS and Walgreens to see if they also want to be part of this network that we've set up in the state. And with this pharmacy network that you set up, you've gotten results. Can you tell us how you went about coming up with it? Well, we came up with the concept that this was going to be the most complex operation in the history of our state. And we, in working with the governor at his direction, decided that we wanted to maintain control of the inventory coming into West Virginia. And then we decided that we needed to have the most qualified people handle the vaccine to reduce the potential that we'd have errors there. So we decided that pharmacists were the best command chain for the vaccine. And so that's how we then created this network of pharmacies. And now that we have this decentralized need to be in every county and every community, then we have decided that we need to pair these pharmacies in a hub-and-spoke sort of model with primary care practices, hospital-based clinic, so that we can distribute these from the pharmacies to the providers to the immunizers. Have you had to provide freezers and other equipment to these pharmacies so they can keep the vaccines? Part of our criteria to create these hubs is that they had the appropriate infrastructure, which included ultra-cold storage and generator backup in case there was a power failure. We have worked with those pharmacies that have this capacity and work with healthcare systems that have this capacity. Do you think this strategy of using a network of local pharmacies could be applied more widely? Sure. I mean, I think that the key is that we tried to bring everybody on the same page. And of course, we have many people with different philosophies, but I think that we've rallied around our state, our state's people. So yeah, I think it's a great model, but every state is gonna be a bit different. Now the vaccine is being rolled out in phases. What phase are you in and how are you determining when to move forward with new groups? We're doing things in a non-sequential overlapping manner because we know that 77.5% of our deaths come from people over 70 years old. And we know 50% of our deaths come from our nursing home population. So we're trying to do that in a very overlapping way 
so that we start to get to the people that we're really worried can die and fill up our hospital beds at the same time. And we've also started to focus on our over 80-year-old group of people in West Virginia and also in other sectors. How many total people have you vaccinated so far? We have vaccinated, I think, almost 60,000 people in our state, and we've received about 103,000 vaccines. Why do you think West Virginia has been so good at this? You know, places like West Virginia, I think over maybe the last 50 or 60 years, maybe perceived as a place that got left behind, didn't keep up with the times, you know, didn't have big airports, didn't have big business centers. But, you know, maybe we were being protected for this time where community matters, you know, family matters, service matters. And, you know, maybe the rest of the country needs a different kind of place to see that maybe we didn't get left behind. Maybe we were just being saved for a time where we start to reconnect to a deeper sense of values. There's a lot to unpack there. I mean, the perception of West Virginia is is not that you're going to lead the country in getting vaccinations into people's arms. And yet you have vaccinated your entire long-term care population. What does it feel like to be the country's leader in this? It's kind of cool, isn't it? I mean, you know, what I would say is that We know that there's great people here. There's really smart people here, really innovative people. We've created our own supply chains. We've created our own testing capabilities, our own PPE. We've made a West Virginia N95 equivalent mask. You know, so we want to be self-sufficient because we understand that when we need to count on other countries or other supply chains, then we are at a disadvantage. Coming up, the challenges and the lessons West Virginia has learned from its vaccination rollout. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. As effectively as West Virginia has handed out COVID vaccines over the last weeks, the rollout has had hiccups. There have been some issues. In West Virginia, 44 people scheduled to receive the vaccine were mistakenly injected with an experimental antibody treatment. 44 people were injected with the Regeneron antibody, which is the antibody that President Trump got treated with when he was defined with COVID-19. And so as we identified that, 
We stop the process. We check with every place that got vaccine from that particular hub, and we identify then any other problems. We stop the vaccination. We recontacted the people involved, and we are checking, making sure they're okay, which they are. And we made sure that we revaccinated them immediately because they came to get their vaccine. But it was a really important lesson for us as we looked at our processes, checklists, and and quality control, because ultimately we know that as you have more handoffs in in the vaccine and the processes, you have more risk of having problems. What lesson have you learned from these first weeks about how to and how not to do mass vaccinations? We have found that it is really important to be a team, that ultimately we work best when we work together. It has been a very inspiring experience to see people that are still sacrificing for others who are high priority, particularly people that are older. The lessons we've learned on the negative side is that you can only push so quickly because if you go too fast, you make mistakes. And, you know, we want to be very efficient, but we also want to be really organized. What challenges are you facing as you are broadening out the vaccination pool? Our governor, who is a taskmaster in a very positive way, you know, he wants us to move even faster. So we've moved over 50 percent of our vaccines. We've received first vaccines into the arms of our citizens. You know, he wants us to be at 70, 80 percent. And we are really trying to create a very fast turnaround between the time a vaccine is received and a time it's put in somebody's arm that meets our priority scheme. But for many of these organizations, they can't handle 20,000 vaccines in a week. They can handle maybe 5,000 vaccines in a week for their constituents. And so we are doing things so that we're not overwhelming a single sector and we're continuing to push vaccine as fast as we can. What support do you need from the federal government? I would say the biggest support that we in West Virginia need from the federal government is give us more vaccine because we are trying to create our own command chain for the vaccine and supply chain for vaccinations. So as soon as we get vaccines pushed to us, we're putting them in the arms of West Virginians. Even as Dr. Marsh is planning for a future without coronavirus, he's still facing a surge of COVID cases in the state. We're seeing COVID transmit quickly in West Virginia, and we're seeing more and more people in our hospital beds and and people dying. As we look at the spread of COVID-19 and use metrics like incidence rates or percent positive rates, our entire state at this point is almost all in the red area. So I think in the next 30 to 45 days, we're going to really be challenged like we haven't been challenged before. We're particularly worried about the potential that we're going to overwhelm our hospital systems, our ICUs, our capacity to take care of sick people, both with COVID and with other illnesses. So that's the reason why we're really worried about the next month to six weeks in West Virginia, and also worried about the next month to six weeks in our country 
And that's why getting vaccines in the arms of as many people as possible is part of our strategy. Dr. Marsh, thank you so much for joining us today. Truly a pleasure. Thank you. That's all for today, Thursday, January 7th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.